singular voice in the world of Hollywood. He's a man who makes films like no one else, to the point that he is almost his own genre. So what is a Tarantino film? Explorations of violence, non-linear plots, foot fetishism, profanity, cool guy criminals, humour, snappy dialogue, sometimes snappy dialogue in such large swathes that it seems like a play, and transparent, ardent adoration of the movies and TVs of the 50s, 60s and 70s, all swirl together into a big blood-stained soup called Cream of Tarantino. Each of his films leans a little more into one aspect than the others. Reservoir Dogs, as he focuses on the cool guy criminals. Hateful Eight is a play by any other name. And Django Unchained has laughter, wince, and jubilation-inducing violence playing out across its runtime. And here, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, we have Tarantino's love of the TV and cinema of yesteryear take centre stage. Set in LA in 1969... The film follows Rick Dalton, a former TV star approaching the twilight of his career as a leading man, and his longtime stuntman and general assistant Cliff Booth as they attempt to prolong Rick's time in the sun. Rick's story is mirrored by real-life actress Sharon Tates, who is taking her first steps into her acting career. Yes, that Sharon Tate. But is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, or Ratty, as it shall from henceforth be known, a worthy entrant in the Tarantino Hall of Fame. Is the film a wonderful time? Or is it just no damn holly good? <laughs> to help me decide, is the beautiful leggy starlet with terrible glasses to my toothy cult member, Tiffany B. How are you, Tiffany B? Hi. You're I'm confused. I'm, who's the toothy cult member? Well, I mean, any of the ones. The one in my mind was the the one that he but mild spoilers beats up a little bit makes him oh, change yes. attire well he's got not not got very many teeth hasn't he I thought he was very toothy very, or maybe oh. he's just gummy he's got a very unpleasant mouth dentally challenged yes. let's say that dentally yes. challenged yes um, how are you Tiffany B oh I'm okay thank you yeah, yeah. you're okay yeah. yeah yeah so nice of you to ask good good um, and <laughs> what did you think in a spoiler free context of the film once upon what time in Hollywood? Ah, uh, gosh, it's kind of a hard film to talk about, spoiler free. It's tricky. Wise. Isn't it? It's tricky. But, um. All I ask is that you do your best, babe. No more, no less. Okay. I was, I was disappointed. Wow. I would say. Straight out of the gate. Yes. Not burying the lead at all, just. No, just getting that out there. I was disappointed. I think you, you know. He hasn't always been consistent for me. Okay. But, uh, you know, he's obviously a great filmmaker. Mm -hmm. And so you go in with a level of expectation. Yes. Um, and so I don't, it didn't live up to that expectation That's for me. And it had a lot of hype. Yeah. 
uh, and I didn't I was underwhelmed okay um, it was also as I think all of his films have been significantly too long <laughs> like just just tighten that shit up baby <laughs> because we've all got places to go um, I, I think there were some good parts Yes. There were definitely some good parts, um, but overall, I thought it was too long, mm-hmm. and uh, the pace was too slow for me. Just in, t- in terms of getting a bit of context, mm-hmm. what are the, what's the kind of high bar that a Tarantino film can reach? What What are some of his greatest hits, in your opinion? Well, I think um, um, Pulp Fiction, Inglorious mm-hmm. Bastards, Django Unchained are the ones for me. They're the big ones. I actually really like the Kill Bill films as well. Yeah. Um, you know, there's only a couple that I don't like really, which is Reservoir Dogs, mm-hmm. and um, I guess The Hateful Eight was just a bit meh. Yeah. Um, and I haven't seen Jackie Brown, but I hear that that's not necessarily his best. Okay. Is that all of them? It's Death Proof which you haven't seen I have not I seen that would not recommend okay um, is that all of them I mean he's done nine so Reservoir Dogs Pulp Fiction Jackie Brown uh, Kill Bill one and two although well, I think they get classed as one in terms of the this is his ninth film um, but let's say one and two uh, Glorious Bastards Death Proof Hateful Eight Django so this wasn't. This didn't hit the Inglorious Bastards. No, no. Pulp Fiction high. I feel like those stories do a very good job of like intertwining stories, mm-hmm. like different characters' stories, yeah. and bringing it all together for a big ending. Yeah. And that this film does do that, or it attempts to do that, but I don't think it does it as well. Okay. It does tell different stories that you know eventually come together at the end yeah not as sophisticated and not as satisfying yeah i would say yeah yeah i'd agree with that i'd agree with that it's um yeah i was disappointed as well i, th- I think you you come into any tarantino film with very high expectations because he has proven himself to be you know um, formidable almost peerless not peerless in terms of in in a general sense but just for, for what he does yeah which is a very specific type of film yeah um and he does it so well. Even the tightest of his films are characterised by their kind of periods of indulgence. Everyone knows in Pulp Fiction the um, Travolta and Samuel Jackson in the car talking about the, you know, he's going to Europe, Royale with cheese, etc. That you does love nothing. That. I love it. I, it's amazing dialogue, but it does nothing for the plot. It doesn't forward anything. It doesn't tell you that much about who they are or what it does tell you could be communicated a much shorter scene but it's the fact that he allows these scenes to kind of play out in a much fuller way than a lot of films would because they're trying well you know we need to keep on moving keep on moving and he has the confidence of a filmmaker to just say no we're going to take our time because it's just enjoyable spending time with these characters but I and I, I I think that Tarantino's films exist on a, a spectrum of quality in terms of how indulgent he is. When he's able to kind of have just a, just a little sampling of indulgence, yeah, it's wonderful. But when he's too indulgent, you get a hateful eight, you get a death proof, or yeah. you get a film like this, yeah, where there's so much of it that you're just struggling to find, for me at least, any kind of meaning. Yeah. Um, because I am a 
you know, I like a story. I'm a big fan of a story. And for a big chunk of this, there isn't really... I, I like to, to be able to ask myself a question, you know, half an hour into a film. What's this film about? Yeah. And I might not know everything that's going to happen. Or I hope I don't know everything that's going to happen. But I know what the film's about. Yeah. Um, and I felt like I didn't really with this. And, yeah. and the, the, the kind of little teases and little threads that it did give you weren't really resolved in a satisfying way for me. Mm. Which is a big disappointment. Yeah. It's a big disappointment. And th- there is still that Tarantino-ness in there. Yeah. So there are little bits that just really sing. But, um, yeah, on, on the whole, um, disappointing. I, I saw one review describe this as uh, being similar to Roma, Alfonso Cuaron's Oscar winner. Yeah. In that it's um, like a memory piece or like a mood piece. Mm. It's Tarantino kind of just trying to create create the feeling of being in a in a world. Yeah. More which than I think he does. Story, which I think he does. But as with Roma, um, that don't impress me much. Um, so you got the news, but do you have the touch? Well, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I think you're all right, but that's not going to keep me warm in the long... It's the a, middle of the night. In the middle of the night, yeah. Well... So you're Brad Pitt. Who's in this film? <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, my God. We're through the looking glass here. Um, who was your MVP, Tiffany B.? I think fairly obviously. Fairly obviously. The MVP of this film. Most valuable player. Was the dog. Was the dog. Oh. So cute. Super cute. And so important to the story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or Cliff Booth's uh, Pitbull, was it? Looks kind of like or a Rottweiler pitbull. or something. No, it's not a Rottweiler. Not a Rottweiler. I think it must have been a Pitbull, yeah. Pity. Very cute. Yeah. Very, very disciplined. Very disciplined. Um, and I think it does. As all pit you know, should be. Yes, and you know, obviously I'm being silly. The dog, because I do love dogs, yeah. obviously, but I do think for a character like him, mm-hmm. it's it it softens him a lot. Hugely, yeah. Um, for him to be this kind of single man who's kind of rough around the edges, mm-hmm. um, lives on his own, yeah, like. Is a very humble meme. Yeah, very kind of quiet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, could be seen to be, especially because there's that whole kind of did he kill his wife thing. Yeah, yeah. That weird. kind of is danced around. Yeah. Um, so you you could, you know, read him as um, a different kind of character, I guess, a bit rougher, a bit less, I don't know what, empathetic. Mm-hmm. Um you know, soft. Yeah. Um, but having a dog that he cares for and, you know, has obviously taken the time to train, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and mentions a lot and takes him with her, you know, mm-hmm. all of this kind of stuff. It just, it just says a lot about his character. Yeah. Um, you know, that he, he is capable of kind of love and, mm. you know, but it's not um, kind of outward thing. Yeah. He's a quiet you know, solemn type of guy. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so I do really like the dog. I think, um, you know, in some of the scenes, the dog is definitely the star. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. There are lots of shared looks between us in the cinema. Yes. Oh. So oh, cute. Such a good girl. Such a good girl. She's absolutely desperate for food and she's just waiting ever so patiently. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so she's... Um, yeah she's your MVP yeah how about you nice Uh, for me I went with uh, Mr Leonardo DiCaprio DiCaprio a slightly more 
Um, obvious, obvious choice. Obvious choice, gosh. gosh. Um, over Brad. Over Brad, yeah. Um, Brad might get mentioned later. Spoiler what? alert. Spoiler for the spoilers. Also, um, Brad's in this. Now I know that, gosh. <laughs> Why bother listening to the rest of forget this, Forget right? it, then. I'll forget it. <laughs> um, but I think that what meandery story there was in the, you know, first two-thirds, four-fifths two of the film. Hours. Uh, first couple of hours, yeah. That's another thing as well. If you're going to do a mood piece, if you're going to set a mood, which is fine, like, you can't do it. You can't take two and a half hours to it do it. It was two hours, 40 minutes, wasn't 40 it? 40 minutes. That's almost three hours yeah. of I can not believe a lot. it when I saw that. That's Disgraceful. Like, dude. Dude. QT, baby. Come on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought that DiCaprio sold it very well. Um, I thought he was really good. You really believed him. You really saw his kind of vulnerability and his kind of fear and desperation as he, you know, feels like he's kind of, you know, in that kind of machismo-y kind of way that he's no, you know, there's that scene at the beginning with Al Pacino where he's saying, you know, when you're in the lead of the TV show, obviously you, you know, in all the fights you're in, you were winning. Yeah. But now you're on the kind of outs a little bit. Now you're losing all these fights. Everyone's beating you up. They want to get you in so they can, yeah. you know. Um, and I think I just think he sells it really well. Yeah. I, you know, I think he's a great actor, and I, I think I, I like him a lot in Tarantino films. Obviously, being in Django Unchained and now this, and the feeling that is maybe having a bit more fun. Yeah, it's a little bit less Letting tortured artist. Bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think he does it really well. Yeah. I, I think he's um, yeah he he kind of carried the what little story there was was uh, was carried ably on his uh, on his shoulders yeah Leonardo DiCaprio thumbs up pal. I would agree I would agree good yeah good. I think he was very good in this and as um, actually a very good kind of comedic actor yeah like he's very funny in this yeah. like a lot of funny parts come yeah. from him um, yeah I thought he was great mm. well done Leo well done, Leo. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else that you'd like to say uh, before we delve into spoilers? I don't think I can. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do not. No. no. Um, well, yeah, so that's our spoiler-free review of uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, a largely disappointing film, I think. Yeah. Um, one that, But where there's, you know, there's stuff to enjoy. But I think if you want to go and see it... Um, you know, a lot of people have... We are in the minority, I think. A lot of people have been yeah. enjoying it a lot more than we have. Um, just be prepared for a kind of a, a very languid pace. Yeah. Just to kind of... Wear your jammies, you. maybe. Wear your jammies, Wear yeah. your jammies, you know, maybe have a couple of drinks. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I mean, I'd maybe recommend that for every film. Ever? A couple of drinks and some jammies. Well, I might fall might have fallen asleep with a couple of drinks, I'll be honest with you. But um, I would have been in my jammies, so I would have been fine. <laughs> couple of Pinot Grigios and you're counting sheep. Um, so that was our spoiler-free uh, review. Um, if you haven't seen the film yet and you're going to go and see it, I hope you come back and listen to the rest of this uh, once you have. If you have seen the film and you're desperate um, uh, to delve in, you have only a jingle's worth of time before we get to that. So let's have that jingle right now. We're just about to spoil this film So I'm telling you it won't be groovy If you listen any further We're not watching the movie Spoilers! 
So with that jingle, we are now out of the desert of Spoiler Free and we're now deep into the swamp. The swamp of Spoiler Filled where we shall be utilising as ever our five point patented five point six outcome rating system to delve into the nitty and indeed the gritty of Tarantino's ninth and penultimate according to him if you believe him which I don't know if I do all the time he's pretty mental um, uh, film okay. Tiffany B yeah Kiss a point will ya Kiss a point if you're not walking down every lane back into the table when I was in my forties um sure okay, okay I then. would like to begin with a uh, positive and it's uh, kind <laughs> of a point forecast <laughs> it's kind of a point that we've already we've already touched oh upon God. it I'll be honest with you um but it is Leonardo DiCaprio Leonardo DiCaprio Leo in the morning um I feel like like I said I feel like he was really funny in this yes um he also had, you know, some really good scenes where he's serious and, like you say, you feel like you feel his pain, you mm-hmm. feel his concern. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. So I think he was good at both sides of it, and you know, um, his some of his lines really just cracked me up, like the mm. kind of fucking hippies thing <laughs> that he was said with such venom. Like it was really like. It was really good. Felt like it was coming from a place of yeah, truth. Yeah, I was like, does he hate hippies? <laughs> um, yeah, I just thought he was really good. And like you say, you believe the vulnerability mm-hmm. of him. Uh, you know, some of it gets a bit crazy, like him in the trailer, like, you know, beating himself up yeah. kind of thing. Literally um, and metaphorically. Yeah, kind of gets a little out of control. But... Um, yeah, you do feel like he's kind of having fun with it. Yeah. He's going along with it and being like, "How how silly can this be without yeah. being too far?" Yeah, yeah. And I I just I just thought he did a really good job of holding, like you say, a really really slim pared back mm. story. He 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 did hold my interest. Yeah, I would say it was still too long. Yeah. Um, but if it hadn't have been him, if we hadn't have been in his hands, yeah. I think I would have been asleep. Might have felt even longer. Yeah. Because there was, yeah, there was, it's the difference between plot and story, I think. Yeah. There was story, that there was plot happening. Yeah. He goes to this audition and he does yeah. the thing and then he's filming this thing on the, you know, other one and yeah. then he's doing this and he's doing that. All of those what's parts the story? were so long. What's the story that's yeah. being told here? And it's and just a general, yeah. oh, he's kind of worried about, that's not, yeah. yeah. But yeah, he's very good. Very yeah. good. I haven't put that he's very good. That's not one of my points. One of my points is uh, something a bit more specific. Uh, you know, I like to a pick scene. out a moment or a scene in the film that I very much like or very much dislike. This is a like. This is a positive. Okay. Um, and it was the what I've called the little girl scene. Uh-huh. Um, Which one? The uh, one where he first meets her and she's uh, reading the book the and he's reading the, the book. Thing, yeah. Um, it. I've just written that it's the best of Tarantino because this is where this is the kind of indulgence it's a bit self-indulgent it's longer than it needs to be Um, but it's really interesting and there's a dynamic between these two people and 
two very kind of different people but there's a connection between them but there's tension there it's like it's one of those scenes that could be just a little short film in and of itself yeah and I think he does them very well um, obviously the the biggest example is the in uh, in Glorious Bastards where they're down in the cellar and they're playing the drinking yeah. game or whatever like that's a whole film yeah um, and this is kind of a uh, you know a smaller version of that yeah. it feels like there's a beginning and a middle and an end initially yeah. kind of loggerheads and then there's a bit more of a thing but then the, she's still a bit angry with him at the end yeah um and it reveals a lot about his character reveals a lot about her character obviously she's a very prepared kind of precociously um, prepared and diligent actor in a way that you get the feeling that he probably isn't Um, and he has probably never had to be because he's a good looking guy and he knows how to throw a punch so in the 50s he's you know getting all kinds of roles and doing whatever he needed to Um, and so yeah again there's maybe that sense of two different schools of thought when it comes to acting and performance yeah clashing heads um i thought she was very good i thought he was very good um although you say he's not prepared he does spend time doing lines you see a few scenes yeah him absolutely doing i mean let, and then he does you know scold himself for forgetting a line yeah yeah absolutely severely. i would say that still different style. learning your lines is like the bare essentials of what you need to do yeah um whereas what she's doing is obviously very much more delving into who is this character what's the yeah. you know trying to find out that psychology in a way that i didn't imagine a lot of people did in the 50s and yeah. certainly not the star of a kind of largely action-based yeah um, okay. tv show okay okay you've made your point thank you thank you i made it very well <laughs> um but yeah i i thought that the scene was great i thought he was great in it and um yeah, I thought that that's an example of yeah, this is this is what I want, so we can still yeah. do it. Yeah, you're right. It's interesting because you think what makes that really different, um, I guess, is is it's providing more character insight than yeah. a lot. Like quite, you know, within a short amount of time, it's, yeah. it's providing character insight and like um, dynamic between them the relationship between them and what that reveals about each other yeah. because you know she's a child and she seems very kind of like you say prepared and and um, precocious and whatever um but then she has that scene with him when and she says oh that was the best acting exactly, i've ever yeah, seen so, it so sets it's up this, shows yeah. you know and then that becomes very emotional for him because he's like a just like a bit wobbly anyway yeah. but b like she seems like someone who you want to you know think that you're good um yeah so yeah i do i think you're right i think it's it was a good scene and that those are the ones you don't mind going on yeah a little you quite enjoy it because you feel like there's a there's a purpose to it yeah there's an aim to it as opposed to just wasn't it just cool in the 60s yeah which i feel like a lot of it was yeah i agree thank you which is kind of my next point oh segue um, I've touched upon it already. It was very slow. Very slow. Very gratuitous. There were so many scenes that you were like, what are you doing here? Yeah. It's like, it all looked beautiful, mm-hmm. but I need you just to like reel it in. Yeah. You know? Like, edit. <laughs> edit this down. Edit. Edit. <laughs> you can have all these long scenes but like I think we said when we left the cinema like I don't need to see how long it actually takes Brad Pitt to drive from A to B like 
you can just give me a couple of seconds of that and I've yeah. got it. Like, yeah. And I know, you know, it is nice to take your time. I do like films that have breathing room. Yeah. But it was too much. Yeah. I also had not very little time and patience for the, um, you know, the, the diversions when it was... Um, Re, you know, he's obviously enjoyed remaking these pretend films yeah. and these pretend TV shows yeah. and, like, uh, you know, TV appearances. And it's just, I get it. Like, I saw that those some of those pieces in the trailer yeah. and those were enough for me to get, like, yeah. you know, just a quick snippet of this is kind of what he's been doing. Um, but it felt like there had been a lot of time and money spent on those scenes. Mm. Um, and you know clearly a lot of enjoyment Mm -hmm. some you know some kind of personal attachment to to those scenes and to those ideas but um, I think that they they diverted too much and it started to take away from the point of the film for me Mm -hmm. because really when you're showing those films and those TV shows and whatever you're saying this is the kind of stuff he makes yeah and like you can get that across pretty quickly mm-hmm. and so after a while i mean i suppose you know for some people they might equally enjoy that kind of stuff and then you know they might love those diversions but i just got a little tired of them yeah um and then when you had them paired with brad pitt driving everywhere <laughs> and like scenes of his car driving or him driving in his car or the street that he was driving on yeah. or the view from the street that he was driving on <laughs> like you just start to okay yeah and I get it all set to a different piece of music like, yeah I feel like this was just Tarantino saying well these are all the songs that I really loved yeah. from like the late 60s yeah. and you feel like someone needed to have the balls to say well Quentin What's your favourite two, yeah. say? What are yeah. your two absolute Or, like, you can have favorites. snippets of all of these ten, but it's going to have to be quick. Like, yeah. you know... Yeah. I feel, just felt like it needed to be a little bit less indulgent. Mm. Um, and that would have cut off, like, half an hour of the film, mm-hmm. at least. Yeah. And that would have been far more desirable. And to me, just more effective and more engaging. Yeah. So... Um, Yes, whilst I agree with you that some scenes have room to breathe, mm-hmm. not all scenes do. Yeah. And you shouldn't make everyone watch all of the footage that you got. You Sometimes you're breathing too much. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you breathe too much. Hold your breath. <laughs> <laughs> Quentin, hold your breath, sweetheart. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah, that's um, very similar to my next point, which was a negative Yes, that was a negative, to be clear. Sure. Um, was, yeah, just too indulgent. Yeah. Too indulgent. Uh, no real story. Yeah. No real, yeah. like, but what's, yeah, okay, so he's trying to do the thing, but what's the story? Yeah. What story are you telling me about Rick Dalton? What's the story? Yeah. Because it seems like the, it's just a series of events. Yeah. And that's not a story. And there's huge swathes where, yeah, all the driving and all the, da, 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 the bit where they're, they're just watching TV. They're watching him in another show. Yeah. Which is, like, kind of funny, but you think that that's, like, two hours into the yeah. film. Come on, man. Like, yeah. we need to, you know, really chuff this along. And then what is even more insulting 
is that at some point they just chuck in some narration as well yeah. because they're like well I, I can't work out well you've spent fucking 45 minutes yeah not saying anything maybe you should have used some of that time to tell the story that you need to now tell by Kurt Russell just saying well this is happening like come on man yeah just 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 edit yourself yeah just give it to someone that you trust and get them to say is this too much and they'll say if they have any sense in their head Quentin darling babe yes it's too much it's lovely it's all gold but, it's too but you much. can have too much gold just ask King Midas right huh? King Midas will tell you yeah it, things happened but they didn't really have much purpose or drive and I would include in that uh, a little bit which maybe seg- segues into another point so I don't know necessarily whether I want to but I would put the Sharon Tate stuff yeah in that her going to the movie yeah because I don't see it was a nice little scene yeah but in the grand scheme of things there was no point to it I mean yeah there's not a lot of point to her in the film at all aside from to misdirect you yeah because obviously you know history and so you assume she's in danger yeah and that at the end you know she'll come to a you know tragic end. end but yeah, outside of that, why is she there? Yeah. And there's people I, talking about, oh, she's, you know, a ray of sunshine and she's got a, you know, the, the, she represents the, yeah, the, the kind of, the, the fairy tale of Hollywood of, yeah. and, you know, the, the Hollywood dream and all that kind of stuff. I just think, but it could have been done so much more efficiently and I, I don't, Again, it's that kind well, of mood piece And she's not given thing. much time, really. No. And when she is given time, like you say, it's very meh. Yeah. Like when they go to the party, she's dancing for a good five minutes. Yeah. Which is great. You know, it gives a sense that she's a free spirit. She yeah. likes to have fun. You know, she's obviously very nice to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, but who is she? She's, she's you know... But how do we get that backstory in... I know. Let's just get Steve McQueen to explain it. Oh, yeah, that was weird. I didn't like that. Also, if you're going to do that and say, this man and this man, those two men should look different from each other. (laughs) Because I know they had the whole thing of like, oh, she has a type. Yeah. But I was like, well, no, because you've just filmed the same man twice. So (laughs) how am I meant to know the difference? Well, one of them was dressed like Austin Powers, which I think maybe should have helped a little bit. Well, I don't know. How am I meant to tell (laughs) And also, you know what I found was that he's Steve McQueen's like pointing yeah. into a crowd, <laughs> and I'm like, could you, Tarantino, mate? Could you just zoom in a little bit on yeah. the guy that I'm supposed to, yeah, know here? Because I'm, I found that very hard that scene. I was like, <laughs> I understand that you're trying to explain it to me, but I'm none the wiser. <laughs> There's two little men that look exactly the same, and I, you, I'm not even sure which direction I'm meant to be looking at. So. <laughs> Anyway, side note. So that aside, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, so she she didn't really have uh, much point aside from looking nice. And yeah, moving into my next point, the Manson family thing, and I think this is something that we disagree on. Oh. Um, but I just think it's really. I just thought it was really cheap. Really, the the, the, the ending. Well, not even the ending so much, but the fact that having Sharon Tate 
as a, a, a character in across the duration of the film kind of created this like tension because you're just thinking oh my god it is you know and I, I remember think when there's thinking well maybe it will just be this thing that's going on in the background because I know that when she was murdered she was really heavily pregnant as well yeah. and she's obviously not pregnant so that's okay so maybe that's like it's all been a bit of a fake out and it's not actually and then it's like oh six months later I was like oh for fuck's sake mate she's gonna go oh god here we go um and it, it it creates this this tension because there's this thing coming up. I guess it's you know in that same way as like watching Titanic. Yeah. You're like, well, at some point this fucking thing's going to crash and it's all going to go wrong. But the, and so then when it doesn't, I, I don't know. I, I just felt like the the purpose of having her in there was to create some tension that otherwise just would have been entirely absent. Yeah. It would have just been entirely monotonous of this guy doing some acting and trying to do some things and yeah. his friend's there and he's got a dog and blah, blah, blah. And so the only tension Don't you dare you get, start on the dog. No, I'm not having a go at the dog. Well, good. I'm, I, I, you just better make yourself clear there. Hear me, honey. Um, <laughs> that there was, there was no... There was no tension. There was no... We're building up to... Yeah, I think that's maybe what it is. There was no sense that it was building anywhere. That it was yeah. going anywhere. It was just... Oh, and then tomorrow we're going to do this other stuff. And then the day after we go to a restaurant. And then I'm shooting this thing. And then I'm meeting this little girl. And But with the Sharon Tate stuff, you're like, oh, there's this like storm yeah. brewing on the horizon. And then to not have that storm... Yeah you just I just felt really like I don't know manipulated I think yeah it just it didn't feel honest it just felt really cheap and really like oh yeah but we're not gonna have that it's it's like um <laughs> in the Simpsons they have exactly uh, like that, an yeah. <laughs> the itchy and scratchy and poochie episode where they introduce this poochie character um, in an episode where Itchy and Scratchy are driving along the road and they pass a sign that says Fireworks Factory and Itchy and Scratchy are the ones that, you know, they're always murdering each other and it's all very grisly and gruesome. Fireworks Factory, 10 miles. They, they, it cuts back to them in the car. Then it cuts back to another sign. Fireworks Factory, 5 miles. Cuts back to them in the car. Fireworks Factory, 1 mile. And then they run into Poochie and Poochie's like, hey, it's like introduction to the character and he's like hey I'm a wacky guy and blah, 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 blah. and they're like oh nice to meet you and then they just drive off and they never get to the fireworks factory and it just feels like but you promised that we'll go to the fireworks yeah. factory and it just seems but like that's just killing time it promises violence at the end from the you know the Manson family yeah and that does happen that it's does. just who it's directed at that yeah. is different yeah that's so, true so you know, you could argue that since you spent all this time with this character, it's actually more impactful for them to be attacked than it would be for Sharon Tate. And yes. Which is perhaps why he spent less time on her than he did on the others. But to that, I would say, well, just don't have Sharon Tate in it. Have, yeah. you, you know, he can, Brad Pitt can go to the, the ranch yeah. and have that really creepy scene. Yeah. And really kind of tense scene that, again, kind of results in nothing yeah 
that then doesn't even get paid off later only hitting that he recognizes people it's yeah. not like they come and take their revenge on him because he beat up yeah the guy it's just happenstance it's just pure luck and chaos yeah so that doesn't get paid off um yeah yeah no i don't disagree with you i think i just don't feel as vehemently as mm. you i think um it upset you a lot it did that and i know that there are certain like there's um there are other films that have lots of kind of red herrings yeah and they look like they're going one way and then they change direction at the end and it goes a different way and that's fine because i feel like that's the movie kind of misdirecting you but the only misdirection that came in this is because you've already got that background information yeah like in titanic if they hadn't crashed in titanic you'd feel like well what you know this is all what are we doing here well you wouldn't but i mean yeah but because you've got that you know what's coming in it's not the film hasn't set up any connection between her and the manson family no because i guess there wasn't any yeah but that it's just kind of inbuilt yeah. And so I think if the film had seemed like it was going in one direction and then right at the end it changes and it goes in a different direction, I think that's more excusable. Yeah. But I think that, yeah, it was. It seemed like the only reason that she was in there was to, you know, play on the obviously awful real-life situation. Yeah. And, yeah, just to provide something that the film couldn't be bothered to do on its own. Hmm. I think that's that's fair controversial there i am that's me babe don't try and limit me or gosh i put wouldn't me in a i couldn't i just, by the sounds of it you sure um okay so i'm gonna kind of link to that which is it's another negative Oof. um and you mentioned it the commune ranch kind of thing i did um i really didn't like that scene that no. whole bit i liked the fact that it showed you know brad pitt as a bit of a badass and yeah. a little bit of like there's something weird here yeah um and a decent guy because he's looking out for yeah he even though really know he's that well. like oh you know these are a bunch of crazies yeah um yeah so i think he did a good job of that although i think that you know there were other scenes that also had had you know set him up to be a good guy mm-hmm. um i just felt like in a similar way to you um these this this really interesting and weird set of characters are introduced and yes you don't want to like glamorize history or give them really the time of day in the sense of like oh but who are these people why are they sympathetic yeah. why do, why did they do what they did you don't want to do that but also who the fuck are they what? like <laughs> do you know what i mean like it's just weird they're just weird yeah and i just think you could have given a little bit more time and then you have that bit with charles manson coming along yeah and then just walking off and then yeah. you're like at the end of the film i thought to myself he literally just came on for that like just 30 seconds yeah. and that was it yeah and i mean it was good in terms of you know making you feel a little like oh that's creepy he's there and like it's a bit creepy and it's weird um but again only because you know who charles manson is yes just a stranger being on your property seeming i don't yeah. know i think it was a little strange but yes yes there is of course the added like fact that you know 
who he is. But he doesn't turn up again when he's such a prominent figure in the story, really, and in the lives of those people on the ranch. It seems weird that he's not there. Yeah. It seems weird that he's never referenced again. Mm. Like, I didn't want to see a Charles Manson film, don't get me wrong. Mm. But I wanted to understand something about these people. Like, how do they live? Who are they? Yeah. Like, what do they believe? Why are they there? You know, something. I don't know. And maybe we're just like Leonardo DiCaprio and we're meant to just say fucking hippies and that's it. (laughs) But I don't know. It just seemed weird to introduce this kind of bizarre set of people but then i i also found it like yes they're creepy and weird and they're staying on this ranch obviously with some kind of weird sex deal with the old man prostituting themselves to whatever um screwed and blind yeah and that's all weird or whatever but i don't know then then they just are like okay let's go murder some people in the house yeah and you're like wait why what are you doing yeah and why are you doing it? Mm. Like, I on uh, understand they were batshit crazy. Yes. But what do they believe? Like, why do they believe that that's the right thing to do? They hate yeah. everyone. They hate... You know, it kind of touches on all oh, these people, these pigs in Hollywood or whatever. But it just feels like kind of out of nowhere. Yeah. You know? And I don't know. I just felt it was very unsatisfying. Yeah. Especially when they're such an important part to the story and yeah. the end of the story. But it's like, you know, in Inglorious Bastards, you introduce the Nazis, you need to give them some time so that yeah. you understand how bad they are. Yeah. You can't just bring them in in the last scene. I mean, maybe more with the Nazis because they're so, you know, well known. Everybody yeah. knows their motives and who they were and what they were doing. Yeah. Maybe I just don't know as much about the Manson family. But I feel even in Inglorious Bastards, there's time given yeah. to to um hans lander yeah to explain yes. who he is and what what he's good at and exactly what, and know. that makes him worse yeah because you get time with him and you hate him more yeah um so yeah i just felt like that was a big missed opportunity and then there's brad pitt going there like now's the time for us to understand who these people are and yeah. what they're doing and why they're doing it yeah but we get nothing no you know Brad Pitt is the role of the audience he's like what the fuck is going on here Mm. and he's you know pushing and pushing and scraping and scraping for information and then all he really gets is you're having sex and you want me to go away yeah and the old guy seems alright yeah so you're like okay I guess I'll walk (laughs) away and not learn any more about this see you later see in the final scene yeah so I found that very a very strange choice and maybe that fits in with with my general thing about about them that it's a film that relies on background knowledge yeah maybe. I don't want to have to do any you know homework yeah I don't want to read a book on the Manson family before I watch a fucking film just so I can understand yeah because if you didn't know who they were at all which by the way I don't really know who they are sure like I don't know a lot about them at all um you know just scraps of information yeah um it's very like confusing yeah you're left adrift you're like what is going on here yeah who are these people Mm. and uh, yeah I think it's a little bit lazy 
And you wouldn't so have much... any connection between Sharon Tate and them. No. At all, if you no. didn't know anything about her. Only the Charles Manson scene, where he yeah. walks to their house for a minute. But you'd get no sense that he he has, um, you know, a problem with her or yeah. him or... You, you have no idea. No. He's just a man. Like, I don't know. It's just... I know that the real life, you know, thing of those people were that they were mental. Mm. But I'm none the wiser, having yeah. watched this film. And could there have been some kind of, I don't know, comparison between them? Yeah. That they both represent, you know, the times they are changing. There's a lot of yeah. people that say that the... the the Sharon Tate murders kind of in some ways represented the end of the 60s yeah. the end of this like hey free love free, free you know everything's yeah. cool because you know sometimes hippies go crazy and they murder yeah. pregnant women and that kind of changed a yeah. lot of the tone of things and you know Rick Dalton's in a situation where he's it's changing times yeah he's changing times as well so maybe there's some some kind yeah. of link between them yeah but you don't get that unless maybe you have a scene of Charles Manson yeah proselytizing or exactly. you know, being their messiah yeah. and giving him a sermon or yeah. whatever the fuck he did and you would have thought he's batshit crazy yeah. like or them on drugs you don't even get the sense that no. they were high or yeah. you know whatever when they did you know generally speaking on the ranch or you, at the end with the murders like yeah. yeah I don't know I don't know what I was taking away from it with that yeah. like what am I meant to... I think, it, you know, very basically, they were drawn so vaguely because they're just meant to be mad. Yeah. And that's it. It's like a zombie film. Yeah. They're, they're but, zombies, they like brains. But it's like, the key is in the villain. Yeah. You need to understand the villain. Yeah. You know, not empathise, but understand what they're doing yeah. and why they're doing it in order for it to be much more, you know, satisfying when they meet their demise. Yeah. And these three characters, we barely know them. Yeah. At the end, hmm. like obviously they meet these grisly deaths, but and you're glad of it. Yeah. But imagine how much more you would have been if you had known who they were yeah. and what they were doing and why they were doing it or what they thought. Or and kind of seen more bad stuff that they were doing. Yes, aside exactly. From stabbing his tire, they don't really do anything wrong. No. Until the very end, when yeah. they turn up to murder people. But like, if you, yeah, you know, there was more of that sense. You. Yeah, I'm going to go with the positive. Go on, then. to, to go kind of on, cleanse then. us of this negativity. Let's hear it. Um, and it is we mentioned him earlier, and I mentioned that I would be mentioning him again. It's Bradley, Mr. Bradley James Pitt. I don't know. Bradley if that's James. His, I don't know if that's his middle name. Probably not. It's it probably be not Bradley. Unlikely either. if I were to just pl- pluck his middle name off the top of my head. But Brad Pitt. Uh, Braddy was a big Braddy baddie was a, a highlight for me. Yeah. Um, and I've summed it up in three words in my notes movie star cool movie star cool because he doesn't do that much yeah it feels like a very Brad Pitt role and I don't know whether because he that's because he has made the role his own or whether Tarantino wrote it specifically for him yeah but it feels very Brad Pitt it feels very cool and chilled yeah and like kind of tough if you kind of push him but most of the time he's fine he's just yeah whatever he's fine yeah whatever yeah um but he just he just in that grand you know 50s and 60s tradition 
of just movie stars not actors yeah movie stars yeah just got that charisma yeah just enjoy watching them do stuff yeah not drive around for 20 minutes there's not a movie star in the history of this human race that can make me enjoy oh yeah just another just watch you drive turn another couple of corners brad this is amazing son but just he's just so cool yeah uh, just carried along with with watching him do stuff yeah. watching him do not a huge amount no let's go up on the roof and you know fix a thing and be shredded can we just point out Jeez, like yeah. ridiculous body and yeah. he's in like his mid 50s or something yeah. absurd Alexa how old is Brad Pitt Brad Pitt is 55 years old mid 50s exactly. on the 18th of December 1963 other customers have also asked who is Brad Pitt dating would you like to know the answer? No. Um, yeah, mid fifties. Looks ridiculous. Yeah. Just absurd. Yeah. The Cannes premiere, when he took his shirt off, there were like audible gasps and whoops and hollers. That's and so embarrassing. Woo! Oh my god. Um, yeah, but I just think he was. I just think he was really cool. Yeah. All the stuff with the dog. All the stuff with the with just kind of hanging out and the thing. Yeah. The scene with uh, uh, Bruce Lee. Yeah. That is obviously quite controversial. Yes. A lot of uh, relatives of Bruce Lee or fans of Bruce Lee not happy with how he was depicted. What's your take on that, just quickly before we move on? Um, Well, I don't really know Bruce Lee, but he does, you know, he's not presented very well. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so I can see why they would be upset. He's presented as a little bit of a... I mean, A, he gets beaten up, which seems unlikely. Yeah. And B... You know, he's goaded. Yeah. He's kind of petty. Yeah. Um, which, again, seems somewhat unlikely from the limited knowledge I have of him. And, you know, he's he's dialed up to be a caricature yeah. of, of himself. I'm sure that he was not like that. Um, so, yeah, I can see why people would be upset. I don't know why it had to be Bruce Lee. Mm. It could have just been a person. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I think it's a bit dangerous if you're going to take a real person, especially someone who's so you know, well-liked and well-respected Yeah. to take that person and make them into a caricature is probably mm-hmm. um, a bit disrespectful and unnecessary. It could have been, and maybe should have been, like, although maybe you didn't have one, I was going to say Bruce Lee's stunt double. So yeah. So then it's like, yeah. it's kind of Bruce Lee, but it's yeah, not Bruce Lee. Yeah, but it's somewhat, yeah. Yeah, that would have been a good um, idea or yeah. something. Yeah, I just think unnecessary yeah I'd agree with that I do also think though nobody's gonna take their opinion of Bruce Lee from this film no you know oh I mean? no no one's no. gonna oh guess Bruce Lee was a bit of an arsehole then yeah because like, it's, it's so I, I don't know yeah. it's not really hurting anybody no think. but then equally it's like it's not adding anything to say it's Bruce Lee then is it it's like no. like I say it just I mean it's just have been to anybody. show how much of a badass he is that he can be yeah. like Bruce Lee yeah 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 um, but yeah anyway um but in that scene, he's really cool. In the whole ranch scene, he's really cool. Yeah. And he just doesn't give a shit yeah, about you any do, of them. Yeah, you have to enjoy that. He has you? that confidence. That bit at the end with the, the um, you know, the knife in the wheel. Yeah. And he's like, no, you're going to do no, it. I th- really liked that. Because yeah. it's that kind of situation where you're like, oh, fuck. If I was in that situation, what would I do? Yeah. You know, they've they've messed up. I've got to now stand here in front of all these hippies and, like, change my wheel. Yeah. And he's like, no. 
I am not going to do that. You're going to do that. And you're like, how would you really get him to do that when there's like a million people right there as you against like 20 people or whatever? Um, Well, and that's how he shows you. It's the confidence of a man who can beat up Bruce Lee. He's like, I can beat up 50 of these fucking hippies. Well, and it's also the confidence of someone, and he does come across this way, of um, not giving a shit. Yeah. Like, you can beat me up. That's fine. Yeah. Like... I can beat you up. That's yeah. fine. Like, I'm not scared of getting hurt. I'm yeah. just not scared. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Yeah. You know? In that kind of rough, older man kind of way from, like you say, movies. And like, there's nothing Whatever. Nothing's going to ruffle my feathers. Yeah. Do what you're going to do. A lack of fear. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I also have Brad Pitt. Um, similar reasons Hunky. but what I liked about him in this film is I felt like he was consciously you know being a stuntman yeah. in the sense that he was kind of taking a little bit of a backseat absolutely yeah. and it, it's so much more um, effective because you know it's Brad Pitt and it's yeah. really good Yeah. but he's you know he's quiet he's subdued he's you know he is, you know, literally the backup kind of person. Yeah. And um, you know, he doesn't seem like he's straying from that. He's, like, happy no. to do that. But he's yeah. going to do it really well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I really appreciated that of someone of his calibre being like, oh, you're the star. I'm just here to, like, do my little bit. Yeah. Um, he's got no, like... Why am I never in the yeah, limelight? Like, exactly. No, I don't want to be in the yeah. limelight. Yeah. And when he is, it's still subdued. Like yeah. the scene with uh, Bruce Lee, it's like, it's pretty chill yeah. still. He brought a really kind of, I guess, softer side to like their relationship as them being friends and yeah. them being like there for each other and kind of reliant on each other and, um, you know, showing a, bringing a bit more of a softer side of Leo as well in that kind of men relationship way mm. of, you know, we're not going to be soppy, but like when he's like, oh, do you want to watch that thing? He's like, well, yeah, of course, you're coming in. We're having beers. I thought we would, yeah. you know, very macho, but very kind of fond. And yeah, like other. bigging him up when they're watching the TV show. Yeah. He's like, oh, you're doing great. Oh, fucking, yeah. it's not going to be quiet for long. Rick Dalton's got a gun. and Yeah, you know. exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. He's also one of mine. And so. I mean, him beating the people up at the end is just yes. glorious. I think possibly in part because nothing much had happened yes. <laughs> for two and a half hours before. Yes. And so then when there's this explosion of violence yes. and confrontation happens. Yeah! Yes. Which is my last point. Oh! Uh, since you were on that. Um, yeah, I really liked the ending. Yeah. Regardless of how you feel about, you know, yeah. it's kind of... Um, misdirection mm-hmm. I think that it's yeah maybe like maybe you're right you've been sitting on your hands for two hours and you're like well maybe longer um something's happening yeah and you know what the funny thing about it is this is one of my points is like as a positive that the end is mad and over the top yeah and funny and stupid and yeah. ridiculous and disgusting yeah um but I actually, for a large portion of it, have my eyes closed. Really? Because some of those, the violence is <laughs> aggressive. Like, I don't want to see that. Um, but you feel like part of the whole kind of energy of yeah. it um, at the end. And, um, yeah, I felt like, yeah, maybe it was kind of a desperate need for something to kick yeah. off 
on screen um but also he you know it's just silly with him being high and not yeah. really fully understanding and you can see him trying to process it and like then the bit with the dog which yeah. is just delightful and that the dog doesn't really get any kind of comeuppance because sometimes in those yeah, type of situations the like dog a becomes big, a bit of a sacrificial yeah. yeah which I was worried about um yeah yeah I loved it and then the ridiculousness of the fire shooter thing the flames are it was is maybe my favourite like yeah. brick joke of all yeah. time just set up yeah. very innocuously at the beginning yeah that he's learning how to use it this fucking yeah. oh amazing yeah. and hilarious and ridiculous yes exactly and then like even down to obviously you know gets taken away in the ambulance thing or whatever even then after that when Leonardo DiCaprio is talking to that other guy one of the little guys <laughs> and he's like um you know saying yeah it's fucking hippies came in and yeah. like i don't know like and yeah they're dead now and yeah. like it's all it's just like, what did you do to I, I set fire to her <laughs> so, got this flamethrower in the garage but his dog got the <laughs> other two like lucky it still work yeah just kind of crazy yeah. and ridiculous kind of surreal situation yeah i don't know which felt very kind of pleasing yeah. at the end of a very gratuitous kind of slow indulgent thing yeah um to have it all kick off like i think that you were kind of desperate for that yeah um and of course you know these are awful people that you know in real life did such terrible things yeah it is very enjoyable to see them yeah you know get their comeuppance but it would have been more enjoyable had we known more about those specific characters personally Absolutely. speaking but anyway yes i thought the ending was very good yeah even though i don't like the violence yeah the yeah, kind of because i person. don't like because of because of the d violence and the kind of absurdity of it and mm. the you know huge kind of ridiculousness yeah. of it i think it just created such a juxtaposition that yeah. i was maybe desperate for and it's, yeah, it is something that Tarantino is very good at doing. I mentioned in the intro, Django Unchained. And I do think that's a very interesting film in how it depicts violence because sometimes some of the violence in that is awful and really depressing and sad and oh, really ch tough to watch. And then some of the violence is really funny. Yeah. And I think this was more, and the, there were some bits where it really oh, got yeah. like really Got gruesome. a bit graphic, yeah. Um, but most of it was just funny. Yeah. Funny violence. Yeah. Because it just it feels so cathartic yeah. after all this kind of nothingness. Yeah. Um, and especially when it's people coming in aiming to do bad. Yeah. And then that gets turned around on them. Yeah. It's like you picked in the wrong fucking house. Yeah. Um, yeah, just instantly joyous. Yeah. Instant karma. And just so funny as well. There's just yeah. some funny, funny bits. Like I say, with Brad Pitt being high, yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio having his, his music on or whatever <laughs> his lines on. And she falls in the pool. pool. What the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's very funny. Um, and he just goes and gets the <laughs> His first thought. Well, I better get my flames around then, Jesus. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the dog. Yeah. And it's just all kind of comes together and... Um, yeah, I think it's very funny and yeah. very good. Nice. Uh, my final point um, is a negative. It's something that Tarantino has been accused of in the past, and I think this is his most egregious offender in terms of films, uh, and that is his perviness. Oh, yeah. For me, like, I... I'm a perv. I'm a bit of a perv. I have, you know, tended towards 
vivaciousness in the past. But the, and so for this to kind of I don't think you are a perv really. No. You're 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 pretending. Like not in this kind of way. No, like no, in a kind of I like to look at pretty women way. But yeah. then, you know, who doesn't? Who doesn't? Like I mean, exactly. But yeah, this is this was taking it to another level. I just think he just it was just too much. Like most of the stuff that Sharon Tate was in, it was it was so many shots of women walking along seemed to like start on the legs or the ass and move up. Any time a woman was in a scene for more than ten seconds, she had her shoes off and her feet were right in the camera. Dirty feet, dirty feet, yeah. Weird. It just like fucking knock it off, man. I mean, you're not mentioning the worst one. Oh, with the the girl, the hippie girl, leaning where into you're the car. viewing ass upwards, upper arsehole. Like, and it goes on. Yeah, it's back and forth talking, and each time he's in the same bum view. Yeah, and you think, come on, give it a break. Yeah, like, I don't know, it was too much for me. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like that. I just think it's embarrassing. Yeah. Are you a 15-year-old boy? Yeah. Like, aren't you a man? Haven't you seen yeah, bums before? Yeah. Like, yeah, it just, it seemed unnecessary. Yeah. And I completely agree with you. And then you have the kind of Sharon Tate things. And really, Margot Robbie was just there because she looks good. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's just a shame that you have someone of her caliber and you just say, just look pretty. Yeah. Because that's really all she did. I know she had that scene with the, yeah. the film and stuff, but, you know, she was just a nice pretty idealistic girl and isn't she beautiful and isn't it wonderful how beautiful she is and i do feel like if that and how nice script had landed on her you know agent's door oh and yeah she'd be offended name other than quentin tarantino on it she said no this is yeah, fucking, i was like, in fucking um, i tonya yeah have you I'm seen good. what i can do yeah. like no thanks yeah i agree keep your fucking tongue in your mouth you old perv tarantino oh okay um, I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> oh dear! Oh dear! What have I done? Um, so that yeah. So those are those are the points. So what what were your points? Uh, mine were positive. Leo, positive. Brad, positive. Ending. Negative. Long. Negative. Who are the Manson family? <laughs> Manson who? Uh, mine was positive little girl scene positive Bradley Pitt negative Manson family fake out negative indulgent no plot negative pervy so what was yours two two out of five it was really close to being a two out of five for me because of the misogyny yeah but um, I did feel like there were some I don't know big positives Mm. that deserved to hold a point on their own fair enough so without Leo or Brad, yeah. this would have been a bust. Yeah, I was, I was, I was hovering between a two and a three, um, because there were some, yeah, really good bits in it. Amongst the, you know, as you'd hope in any yeah, three-hour film, course. you think, well, chances are there's going to be some good scenes. Yeah. Um, but I just, for big swathes of it, I just remember being really bored. Yeah. And so I thought, oh well, really? I, I wow. Yeah, I yeah. can't give it anything more than a. Too, yeah, that's fair. It was, most of it was boring. I yeah, think. it was these kind of exciting, interesting bits, just sw- like interesting little croutons yeah. swimming in a, a soup of. Yeah, <sighs> that's pretty. That's a pretty harsh review there, Dan. Oh, 
Well, you know, I can only speak what is in my heart. I'm pleased that you do. Good. Um, So that was our spoiler-filled review of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino's ninth film of ten. Fingers crossed if he does only do ten, his last one is a little better. Tiffany B. Hello. What did we learn? I guess we learned that once a geek, always a geek. As in Tarantino is, in his heart, a 15-year-old pervy boy. (laughs) He's a 15-year-old with lots of, like, obscure movie posters on his wall. And some very crusty socks underneath his bed. Yep, and a picture of a Margot Robbie-type lady on his wall. With bare feet showing. Bare, dirty feet. Bare, dirty feet. Monday was bare dirty. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs>